Good morning. Welcome again to Holy Cross Cathedral. We're glad that you've come this morning. And it's my prayer that the law of God in Christ has set you free from the law of sin and death and that you now are experiencing freedom from condemnation in the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. Let me invite you to take out this handout. I think you'll find it very helpful as we go along this morning. This morning we're talking about spiritual transformation and the renewing of the mind. Spiritual transformation and the renewing of the mind. Now, I can tell you that I was an absolutely horrible biology student. In fact, I avoided the class altogether. Nevertheless, this morning, we are going to perform a dissection together. We are going to dissect the human person. Now, we know that the human being is a unified whole, or at least ought to be. Mind, character, and emotions, they are all connected. And it's impossible to operate successfully unless they are connected with one another. But this morning we're going to perform a virtual dissection and we're going to separate out the mind from the rest of the human person. And we're doing this so we can get a better understanding of how spiritual transformation takes place with the renewing of the mind. Well, let's start with a definition, shall we? What do I mean when I say the mind? What are we talking about? Well, let me offer this definition for you. I put it there in your handout. The mind is that faculty of the human person which seeks data from outside and from inside the person and draws conclusions as to meaning, purpose, and courses of action. That's what we mean when we're talking about the mind. And make no mistake about it, if we are to grow in holiness, that can only happen if the Spirit of God renews our mind. Paul directs the Romans in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Now, look closely what Paul's written there. Why is the mind so important to us? Well, Paul says that the purpose of the mind is so that we can find that which is good and acceptable and pleasing in our lives. How many people here want the good and the pleasing to come into their life? Huh? Raise your hands. You want that? Is there anybody here that doesn't want that in your life? Well, the question is, how does one pick the right pathway for those things to come into our life? Now, even a second grader has learned that not all choices have equally good outcomes, right? So how do we know which choices lead to that desirable end? Listen to this. Here's the answer. Just go with your gut. 
Just do what seems right to you. Really? Really? Well, I promise you, that is the answer if you're the average American today. But that is not at all what Paul says here, is it? To the contrary, Paul says that it is your mind that is the gateway through which we find this good and pleasing life. By our minds, we're actually subjecting the world around us to testing. Testing. Now the word he uses here is dokimazo. Now that is a Greek word that was also used about assaying or testing metals. Now, how many people here this morning own a rifle? Oh, come on, this is Georgia. How many people here own a rifle? All right? All right. Somewhere on that rifle, when you look on the barrel, you will find what are called proof marks. Proof marks. And you could be very glad of it because those proof marks mean that that barrel has been tested and has been proven to hold twice the normal pressure of whatever caliber goes in that rifle properly. Now that is the kind of proving that Paul is talking about here. He says, with your mind, you test or prove certain courses of action so that you may discern what the outcome might be. Well, I hope then it should be pretty obvious why the renewing of the mind is so important. If the very instrument by which we test to see how we can have happy and fulfilled lives, if that instrument is out of calibration, wow, folks, we are in trouble. And yes, we are in trouble. You, me, and every single person here. You see, here's our condition. Our condition is that we have fallen far, and I mean very far, from what we were intended to be. In a very significant measure, humanity has lost the very thing which is our greatest glory. And that is the ability to assess and to choose. Well, how did God make us originally? How were we made originally? Well, God made us to operate like this. This is God's original plan. First I think and test. Then I will. And then I act. And then good feelings follow. But let's be honest. I'll be honest. An awful lot of the time, I operate the other way around. I feel or desire, I act, and then I make up some excuse for why I did what I did. The more rational it seemed, the better. You see, in the renewing of our mind, God wants us to be restored. He wants me to be restored to full humanity to the full glory of what it means to be created in his image. So why is the renewing of the mind so important? Because at the end of the day, it is good and glorious and profitable for me. 
Secondly, the renewing of the mind actually gives me control over my own chaos. You have a little bit of chaos in your life? A little bit of chaos in your life? You see, renewing of the mind gives me some control over my chaos. To the extent that I am led by my emotions rather than my rational mind, to that extent, chaos reigns in my life. In fact, that's so important, I'm going to say that again. To the extent that I am led by my emotions rather than my rational mind, to that extent, chaos is reigning in my life. In spiritual transformation, in the renewing of our mind, God wants us to experience the joy of getting control over our own chaos. Now, there's actually a special word for that in Scripture. Do you know there's a special word for this in Scripture? In scripture? It's called sophrosune. So that's two Greek words this morning, okay? Sophrosune. It means reasonableness or sound judgment or moderation. In other words, having one's emotional life under the control of one's rationality or their thinking. In 2 Timothy 1, I've given you the verse there, Paul encouraged Timothy not to be controlled by his emotions. In this case, his fears. Because, he said, the Holy Spirit has given us the spirit of sophrosune, a sound mind. In fact, elsewhere in this letter, Paul says, if anyone wants to be a leader in God's house, he or she must have this sound mind. Same word. Okay, if I may, let me hold your attention just a little longer on this point. What I am not saying this morning is that our emotional being is bad or invalid or evil. The emotional person is part of the human person. Jesus wept, right? <laughs> but sophrosune means that the mind, with its purpose to be a testing instrument, has taken charge over my emotions. Now let me give you a silly little illustration of what I mean here. Okay, this is pretty silly. So I'm driving down 78, and I'm passing my favorite ice cream store. And the emotions speak to me. Hey, Henry, how about a pint or two? It's sweet. It's creamy. It's like the will of God, good, acceptable, and perfect. And boy, will it taste good going down. Even the burp afterwards will bring you pleasure. But the mind with Sophrosune says... Yes, I receive that data from inside myself. I acknowledge that desire is within me. I acknowledge that God has made me to enjoy food, 
God has made cows and God has made sweetness. He has given me all things richly to enjoy. But, here's data from outside myself as well. This morning I weighed in at 219 pounds. I know that pint of ice cream has about 1,400 calories, and I've already consumed 2,000 today, and I'm not headed out to run a marathon this afternoon. So what to do? Well, how about a single scoop rather than the whole pint? Now that is sophrosune. Or I can just follow my emotions. I can have short-term happiness, and pretty soon I'll be pushing 280. And my physical and probably my mental state as well will be headed toward chaos. To have a renewed mind is good for us because it brings us peace over our chaos. Thirdly, the renewing of the mind gives us great assurance. Great assurance. Now, you and I live in the midst of a battlefield where one of the enemy's most powerful weapons is deception. Deception. And the work of the false prophet here on earth is to deceive everyone who dwells here on the planet. His goal is to get our minds so confused and so tangled up that we lose right from wrong, up from down, and truth from falsehood. But a renewed mind is able to cut through the clouds of smoke. And it enables us to know with certainty, even when we're dependent upon faith to do so fully. Do you remember Puddle Glum's encounter with the queen of the underworld? Here it is. There is no sun. There is no sun. There never was a sun. There never was a sun. <laughs> There's Asla. Daz. What a pretty name. Forget all these childish things. Face life here in this real world. Your life henceforth is to be here with me. You will do my work now. To bed with you. these things like sun sky stars and moon and Aslan himself in that case it seems to me that the made-up things are a good deal better than the real ones and if this black pit of a kingdom is the best you can make then it's a poor world and we four can make a dream world to lick your real one hollow. 
As for me, I shall live like a Narnian. Even if there isn't any Narnia. So thanking you very much for supper. We're going to leave your court at once and make our way across your great darkness to search for our land above. Well said, Carnival. Well done. A renewed mind is not at the mercy of the deceiver. It is able to distinguish truth from lies, even when it doesn't understand everything in full detail. Well then, how does renewing of the mind come about? Well, we've already said that spiritual transformation comes about through the means of grace. And these are the channels by which the Holy Spirit does its work in our person. This morning, it is vital for us to keep in view that the scriptures are the primary means, the scriptures are the primary means by which the Holy Spirit brings about the renewal of the mind. It is also the primary means by which the Holy Spirit speaks to us. I can't tell you how many times in the last 40 years someone has said to me, Macaulay, if only God would tell me what to do. If he'd only speak to me and reveal his will. And I really want to say to them, well, duh. Do you not realize that he already has? 97% of everything God wants to say to you, he has already said plainly in the pages of Scripture. Now, let me say that again. 97% of everything the Holy Spirit wants to say to you, that he wants to whisper to your heart, he has already spoken plainly in the pages of Scripture. Now, don't hear me to say that I am discounting the other 3%. I am not. But go to the prophets, listen to the words of the apostles, digest the gospels, and God, the Holy Spirit, will speak volumes to your heart. The Holy Spirit loves the words that he has spoken. To him, they're very precious. When your mind encounters them just as he has intended, then the transforming power of God begins to be released into every cell of your brain. Well then, how good and how important is the word of God? Well, first of all, it's by the word of God that you're in the kingdom of God at all, isn't it? Peter writes, You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. You've been brought into the kingdom by God's word. Secondly, it is by the word of God that you have been sustained in life. I don't know about you, but my emotions scream out to me that real life is to be found on a trout stream somewhere near the Wind River. But here's what the Holy Spirit says. 
Psalm 119, my soul clings to the dust, so give me life according to your word. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. We have been born again by the word of God, and then we are sustained by the word of God. Thirdly, note that it is the word of God that will last forever. Now, we all love collecting stuff, don't we? I got a whole house full of it. I start to get weighed down with it. This weekend, I'm moving a bunch of it. I start collecting it. And you know what? After a while, I start thinking that my stuff is going to last forever. But we know that's not true. For all that humans produce, and for everything for which we make a great claim, all those things just fade away. But God's word endures forever. Jesus said, heaven and earth may pass away, but my word will never pass away. Fourthly, the word is a precious treasure because it is Christ. The heart may say, Lord, I long to know you better. I long for you to be real in my life. And then we leave him sealed up between the covers of the book. But if we open up the book, we find not just words. We don't just find information, but we have a living encounter with the risen Lord Jesus Christ. The name by which he is called is the Word of God. Finally, the word is the catalyst by which the Holy Spirit releases his power into our lives. Now, most everybody here this morning will say, you know, I want the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. But you see, sometimes we're trying, we try and enter into God's temple through the back door, rather than in through the front some people are expecting the Holy Spirit to show up and impact their emotions first. But that's exactly backwards. These folks are looking for God to change their lives by changing their emotions first. But the power of the Holy Spirit comes in through the front door first by renewing the mind. And as the Holy Spirit comes in, as the word directing and encouraging and renewing us with hope, then the emotions come flooding in with joy and peace and confidence. Well then, what are the walkaways from this morning? The walkaway is this, there are choices to be made, friends. Spiritual transformation occurs because we choose for it to occur. And what sort of choices do we need to make? We need to intentionally and consciously choose to encounter the Word of God 
this week. Intentionally choose to encounter the Word of God this week. Now, obviously, one important way we do that is through our worship service, isn't it? So, coming to church and hearing the Word of God is actually a sacramental experience. We're not just coming here for information, or otherwise we'd stay home and with a piece of paper. But in coming here and hearing the Word of God, we encounter His presence in this place. So, let me ask you this question. When you come to the service, where is your mind? Do you have your Bible out? Are you trying to intentionally engage in the things that are being said? Secondly, we should choose to place ourselves where we can hear good teaching of the Word. Do you know that there are five radio stations that you can receive, five Christian radio stations that you can receive right here in Loganville? And every one of them has excellent teachers during the week. In fact, some of them have several excellent teachers several times every single day. So, why would you not choose to listen to God's word rather than the follies of the queen of the underworld. Finally, we need to choose a personal encounter with God's word every single day, if you can. Discipleship, is, discipleship 101, get a grip on God's word. Get a grip on God's word. Take a little time this week and let your mind do some personal proofing. How are you doing with your five-fingered grip on God's word? Is there one thing that you can do this week to improve the grip of just one finger? Finally, let me ask you this. What is preventing you from having a daily devotional? Now, I don't mean an hour a day, okay? I don't even mean 30 minutes a day. Although, every minute of that would be completely rewarding. I mean just 10 minutes every single day. Do you want to find what is pleasurable and good in life? Do you want to start bringing your own chaos to an end? Do you want the wonderful results of your mind being renewed? Well, that renewal comes by devoting your mind just a little every day to God's channel of grace, his perfect word, that you may encounter Christ himself, the living and abiding word of God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we acknowledge that we have chaos in our lives. We acknowledge that often we are distracted and led about anxious, uncertain, and sometimes deceived. Give us grace to choose to hear your voice in the powerful 
Holy Spirit. Renew our minds by the word which your spirit has spoken for his church. We pray this in your name. Amen.